When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. Josh and I are turning our attention to fan team this week. Josh, I'm Rusty, I've been off for a week, I've been having Wi-Fi issues all morning, but we're here, the stream's working, there's people in the chat, how are you doing? Well, look at it from the perspective that you're well rested, I think, let's go with that. Um, God, I don't feel, I felt like I didn't have a holiday after this morning, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> it's always it's always the way, mate. Especially like after a holiday, if you've done loads of stuff and had loads of fun, then like you almost feel like you need a couple of days off, don't you? But um, I'm sure the Wi-Fi hasn't helped you. I, but I'm I'm good. I haven't had any holidays, good. so I'm just in in normal mode, normal working mode. So it's fine. But you have had some success with the WCOFF fan team game, haven't you? Got a little little yeah. place finish. I got very very lucky, mate. So. Um, I took after the first week because it was a two week tournament. After the first week, I I just hadn't had a good week. It was all very average. I was like mm. around two hundredth or three hundredth on like all my teams. I just haven't quite found like a good combination. So I just I decided to take on Salah basically. So I, I picked zero Salah. I captained zero Salah. I knew fifty percent of the people would captain him and pick him and stuff. And obviously he blanked, and that's how I like just shot up. I, I had Sterling captain on one where I got a hat trick. So yeah, it was. Oh, nice. I just got super lucky. I, I took Salah on and it was a fool's decision, but I, I got lucky with it this time. So yeah, I got, I got some money back. So I was really happy. Yep. Very nice. Um, we're not talking about that mode today. I don't want to hear you gloating anymore. Uh, we're going to be talking about the fan team, uh, UEFA Champions League uh, knockout game. There is €250,000 worth of prizes up for grabs. There's €50,000 uh, the first place. Um, it's €25 Euros to enter or £21. Um, there's a bonus code as well. It's first deposit bonus. Um, if you enter FF Scout into Fan Team when you make your first deposit as a new uh, user um, and then you buy a ticket into the UCL game, you'll get a free ticket as well. So um, if you're not a member of Fan Team and you haven't joined Fan Team yet and you're interested in playing, um, that's a good way to do it because you get a free ticket. Of course, it is £21. There is an entry fee into this, which is different to FPL. It means it's a form of gambling. Gamble responsibly. Only gamble with funds that you can afford uh, to lose. And don't gamble beyond your means, um, of course. And if you're worried about your gambling habits, go to gambleaware.co.uk. Right, so let's talk through this game. Um, we're going to give a bit of an overview um, about the rules of the of the UCL game. Um, we're going to look at the prize breakdown. And Josh has been preparing endless notes on which players to select, which is good because I'm massively underprepared uh, for this stream um, after having dealing with my my Wi-Fi. So this is the this is kind of the graphic for the game. As I said, there's 250,000 euros um, guaranteed, uh, 50,000 to first place um, prize. If you played in the um, the group stages game, which I don't think either of us did that well on, did we? Or did did you win any money on that? Certainly not. No. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, but it's kind of the same kind of general rules as, as that game, really. Um, there's nothing. Is there any major changes on that? The safety nets in and, and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty standard. Right? No, so I think what's happened is I think the, um, there's been some changes compared to last year. But I think like mm. um, the t 
if you've played the group stage game this year, I think it's it's a lot of the yeah. same stuff in the um, knockout game, which is really nice to have that consistency, I think. Yep. Uh, and it starts tomorrow, 15th of February. Um, so, yeah, Champions League is back, baby, which I forgot about until recently. Um, I don't know. I've been, it's, the Premier League's been so crazy, hasn't it, in terms of like in the blanks and the doubles and, and everything. And I forget. Like, I love the Champions League, so I'm, I'm so happy to have the knockout stages. Back. It's, it's crackers, um, cracking games. It's this, it's this big gap as well, mate. Like because it, it almost disappears for three months. Like almost, it's like December, mm. January, half of February. We don't see any Champions League football, so it's quite a bizarre gap if you think about it. Like to have the six games, then just such a big gap, and then um, <laughs> it must be to do with winter breaks and stuff in all the various leagues, I think. But um, yeah, it's good to have it back, and I think we'll be boom, boom, boom on the Champions League till all the way to the end of the season. I think because it's going to come thick and fast. Yep, agreed. Um, let's talk through the rules. So the rules are on the screen um, now. Uh, so game week seven is the first game week of the £250,000 Champions League knockout stage. I've really got to worry about that. Just know that it starts afresh uh, tomorrow. Um, the contest is played over seven game weeks, starting in game week seven uh, and ending with game week 13, which is obviously the final. Um, you've got a budget of £100 million to build your team, build a squad of 11 players. One goalkeeper, three defenders, two mids and one forwards. All pretty simple so far. Uh, you can pick a match with three players from one UCL team for game week seven and eight. And then it increases to four players uh, for game weeks nine and ten. Five players for game weeks 11 and 12. And then six players from one team for the uh, the grand final. Um, who do you reckon is going to be in the final? Just just before we get into it all, what do you reckon? Early thoughts? Give me one team you think is going to make the final. I mean, like... A- Man City, but like, but no, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's how I feel. I feel like, I think they're the best team by absolutely miles, but mm. um, they just seem to find a way to not do it. So let's go Bayern Munich. I'm going to say Bayern Munich. There you go. You, I'm going to say City. I'm going to say this is going to be City's year. I, 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 I hope so. I almost hope so now. I almost feel a bit sorry. <laughs> and you shouldn't feel sorry for a multi-billionaire team, but like that they should have got to the final by now. Like they've been the best team well, one of the best teams in it for like five years now. And like, they just haven't even got close to, they haven't even flirted with it really. So I hope they get to the final at least. I still think uh, PSG are the favourites, right? Like they've got to be with with the three, the three they've got up front and Pochettino as manager. But I could just, I mean, they got Real Madrid straight away. That's what I was about to say. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, Real Madrid aren't what they once were. So, like, the, there is that to be considered. PSG are quite a bit better than Real Madrid at the moment, I think. But, mm. like, City have got Sporting Lisbon. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they're not comparable sort of fixtures. So, um, it's definitely advantage City with, with how the fixtures have dropped. But PSG's squad is amazing, you know, especially the attackers. It's just whatever mad thing Pep decides to do between now and the final. He always does. Remember when he played like De Bruyne on the right wing against, um, who was it? They lost, I think it was a French team. They lost, they lost to them uh, a couple of years ago. Then last year in the final, we didn't play any defensive midfielders. And, and uh, I don't know, he, he's, he's a strange manager in the Champions League. I don't really know what, he, what he's playing at sometimes, but... Yeah, I think this is this is probably the time. Um, anyway, we're going to talk more about this in a sec. Uh, going back to the rules, um, you're going to limited changes to your teams until the contest starts uh, tomorrow, obviously. Uh, captain and vice-captain. Captain scores double points. Your voice scores double if your captain doesn't play. Uh, three transfers for game weeks 8, 10, 12 and 13. Uh, and then other transfers cost four points each. So three free transfers a week, essentially, is that? 
Yeah, so um, there's something else you'll read out in a minute, but in weeks 8, 10, 12, 13, yep, you get three transfers. So it's very, very generous. Um, we're typically accustomed to only having one per week in the same scenario. Mm. So I think three is very generous and it gives you a chance to adjust based on where you are. So like if you need to play catch up, you can get three differentials in. If you're doing really well, you can just do your transfers as you normally would and try and try and continue doing well. So, yep. yeah. It was Leon. Thanks, Nuclear Atoms in the chat, who uh, Pep lost to when he played De Bruyne right wing. Uh, yeah, so this is the rule you'll talk about. Uh, two enforced wildcards, which come through in game weeks 9 and 11. Enforced wildcards, that's interesting. Have we seen that before in a fan team tournament? I don't think I've seen that before. Uh, I don't think so on football. Hmm. Um, maybe they had one on the Champions League last year, but it definitely makes it a lot um, more accessible for everyone I think because you mm. just have to think about it in two week chunks basically you just think about the last 16 then you get a wild card then the last eight then you get a wild card and then you just have to set your team for the semis and final so yeah um, it, it really splits it out into a nice simple simple blocks I think and it means you don't have to worry about like what the next draw might be or who might mm. play who in the semi-finals it's just you think about your team now for the next two games and then you get to reset it in two weeks. So yep. I think nice. um, I think it's a nice format for like even someone like myself who just like maybe just doesn't want to doesn't want to spend five hours, 10 hours a week planning my Champions League team. I think you can just <laughs> do it like where you do your transfers, move on to the next week, do your transfers, do your wildcard, etc. So nice, easy format. Yeah, no, very nice. Um, you cannot save or roll over your transfers or wildcards as well. So those three transfers you mentioned and the wildcards, you know, you, you have to use those in, in designated week. Um, isn't it one? Extra time and penalty shootouts are not included in any scoring. I mean, penalty shootouts, obviously, uh, if you've got a goal for a penalty, it's going to be weird. But extra time is, is an interesting one, not to, not to be included uh, in that. So once the 90 minutes is up, you can just sit back and relax and enjoy the, the second half. Second, yeah, uh, and I, th I third, think that's third. almost nice. Yeah, it's nice to have that... Um just enjoying the football side of it because extra time is a really fun thing to watch. I think mm. in general, like pretty much no matter what the game is really, because two teams have battled it out. They've, they couldn't be separated and you get to just try and see who's going to win from that point. Um, fan team never tend to include extra time. So they've just stayed consistent there and it's yep. just, just purely 90 minutes. So yeah, yep. all good. Uh, safety net is active. Uh, if a player does not start, he'll be replaced by the next price descending starting player from the same club and position for the, for that game week only. So if you're not familiar with fan team, um, the safety net is basically the tool to ensure that if you pick your players uh, in a smart way, you'll basically always guarantee yourself an 11 um, out. So uh, Josh and I've talked about this on, on lots of different videos um, before, but essentially if you're picking a player um, from sort of Man City, for example, say you pick uh, De Bruyne, he's 12 million. If he doesn't start, you'll then get Mares. Mahrez doesn't start, you'll then get Sterling and so forth and so down. If you were to pick Fernandinho, for example, who's 7 million and he didn't play, you wouldn't get anyone because he is the cheapest player in that team. Um, so the safety net's really important to make sure that you kind of cover yourself to you know, make sure you get a squad out um, each week. But we'll be talking about that probably a bit more um, in this video going on. Uh, from game week 8 onwards, uh, the game week deadline for transfers and team changes 90 minutes prior to the first kickoff of that week. So make sure you lock those in and, and pay attention to that. Uh, no price changes throughout the tournament which is nice I haven't got to worry about that I'm going to be checking any price rise websites or you know anything trying to work out who's going to go up and down uh, the late registration deadline is 6.30 uh, on March the 8th uh, 90 minutes before game week 8 so if you miss, do miss the deadline 
for tomorrow and you're devastated about that. Or if you want to make another team, um, you can do that right up until uh, March the 8th. You get 95% of the average score. So if you enter the team like I do in pretty much every fan team I enter and I score less than the average, then you can enter this team and pretty much be ahead of me. Uh, and yeah, the final thing uh, is what I've already mentioned, uh, £21, €25 Euros entry. Uh, and the guaranteed prize pool is fixed at 250,000 euros. Lovely. Um, right, before we come on to Josh's cheat sheet for uh, this tournament, let's just have a quick look at the, the payouts. So as I mentioned, rank one is 50,000 euros. Uh, second is 15,000. Third is 7,000. Fourth is 5,000. Fifth is 3,000. Sixth is 2,000. Uh, and then from seventh to tenth, you're looking at between uh, 1750 and 1,000 euros. And this basically goes, descends right the way down to uh, if you place 1,750th in the world, you'll get 50 euros back. So again, fan team give a lot of prizes out um, for this. How many do you reckon are going to enter this, Josh? I like when you give a random prediction. How many have we got at the moment? It's not, it's not. Um, so 1,708 at the moment. I was going to say it's no more than the minimum number mm. of payouts. I was going to say that's what that was. Um, like... Let's go 8,000. I don't know. 8,000. 8,000. Okay. I think that's Pl quite optimistic, but they might get that. Plucked out, plucked out of the air. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, it's not, you know, say they did have, you know, say they had 6,000, you're, you're looking at kind of a top, what, 35% finish, something like that, 40% to double your money, which, you know, if you take it seriously and, and listen to Josh, you, you've got a chance of doing that. Uh, right. Speaking of Josh, speaking of your, come on, master, what have you got for us? Let's go through, we're going through by position, best picks um, for the game, uh, and we're going to build a team um, as well as we go. Let's do it. <laughs> right, is the is the screen up? Yeah, there we the go. screen is up. It. I can see it now. now. I'm on like a two second delay to see your screen, obviously, so I have to just wait that two seconds to see it on the screen, but there we go. Um, should, we, should we start at the back or the front? What do you want us? Let's start at the back. So I always like to start at the back. So I think I look at the fixtures and the one that sticks out to me is Chelsea against Lille. I just think Chelsea have got it in them to keep a clean sheet or two. Now, I'll preface that by saying they haven't been great defensively in recent times, but I do think when you consider price and opposition, I think Chelsea have got a really good shot of at least one clean sheet in, over the two legs, which which is we've obviously got to be thinking about the two legs when we set our mm. teams right now. So um, I think... Basically, it's it's personal preference on the Chelsea defenders. I think they're all remarkably similarly priced um, and they're all going to be the safety net for each other in a lot of cases, if that makes sense. So depending on what other defence we pick, I think Mendy's fine and I think all the defenders are fine pretty much as long as you stay above like the 7, 7.5 million mark. So, um, just, so would just you... don't, pick, don't pick Saar or something who might be like 6.5. Or... What do you think about Reece James then? Because I mean, he's a... Eight million, but obviously they're going to get the safety net of you know Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Malonso all the way down. He's going to be back at some point, you'd imagine. And if we're expecting, you know, Chelsea to do well in this, he could be a bit of a bit of a left field yeah. move. I mean, as we've talked about, we're only setting our team for two weeks, and then we get to completely pick it again. So it's mm. just a case of will he be back for the first or second leg? Now, as you said, I think the second legs start on the eighth of March. I think it is, as you said about the late registering. I think mm. so. Reese James has got about two, three weeks to get back. I mean, is, could he be back for the second leg? I think possible. I think very possibly. Um, 
And if you don't like him, as I said, if you need to save 0.5 at any point, there's a plethora of them at 7.5. So you've got Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Alonso, Christensen, uh, Thiago, who will all be the safety nets for each other, if that makes yeah. sense. So if any of those don't play, you'll get one of the other ones. Um, and just in case anyone's interested, obviously there's no price changes on this. So it'll be sorted by form. So like obviously non, um, actually they do all have form on here at the moment. So um, if you picked Aspilicueta, for example, and he didn't play, you would get Rudiger because he's got the highest form at the moment. Given that they're all the same price, that's the second tiebreaker to decide who you get. So, is um, that form based from the knockout? This this uh, must be based sorry, the group stages. The yeah, group yeah. stages, yeah. It must be because I can't see where else it would have came from. To be honest, I, I, I was almost half expecting all the forms to be zero, but now I'm looking down the page. Mm. Rudiger's got six point three eight. Christensen's got six point two four. So, um, it must be from the group stage. Yeah. So, Sticking so yeah, I like Rudiger. I like James. I like Aspilicueta. I think I think those have been my three, maybe. Um, yeah, but as as you say, if Alonso randomly starts one, you might get lucky and get him as a as a safety mm. net. You might get Christensen. I'm, I'm pretty sure Thiago Silva will play most of the Champions League games, so I think I think he'd be a safe pick as well. Um, maybe for people entering more than one team, I'd actually just try different combinations of the Chelsea defenders in different teams to just. See if you can catch a goal or something or some sort of attacking return just to boost to, to be the differentiator between between all the defenders, basically. Um yep. do you fancy this clean sheet as well, by the way? Do you think this is a fair shot against Yeah, Leo? I think so. I mean, you know, Chelsea have I mean they've they've been off, haven't they, on the, winning the the club world cup or whatever it's called. Um, you know, lots of talk about, you know, what that trophy actually means and all that, but to me it's not about you know, just winning that trophy, okay, but it's what well, it's to get there, right? It's the journey they've had. It's kind of almost a reminder of their run to the final and beating Man City in the final last year. It brings all those memories kind of back. So I think they're going to be going into this full of confidence, massively buoyed. They needed it as well because they've been so poor, really, for a while in the Premier League. Um, and it's a good game for them on paper, isn't it? Against against Lille. And at home, first of all, I mean, yeah, you've got to think this is going to be a comfortable, a comfortable first, first leg win for them. Yeah, and... I mean, I guess the other team with an, a really obvious good fixture is Man City now. Mm. It might be that we want some of their attackers more so than their defenders. So you need to weigh that up, like whether you want to have a double up in midfield or one of the defenders. But I particularly like Laporte's price. Um, he's 7 million, mm. which comes in below the Chelsea defence. I think that's a particularly kind price. He's got a safety net of Ake, Stones and Zinchenko. So I think he'll be... He'll be safe if he doesn't play for whatever reason. I think you'll get Stones or Ake probably. So um, he's you, you're not worried about the safety net there. Cancelo's eight five. It's a it's a big jump, but if you're mm. going for the double up, those are still my favourite too. So it would be Cancelo and Laporte. I think um, I never pick Edison on fantasy games, do you? I just think there's not the save upside there, is there? But um, and you you get more rewards on fantasy as well for saves, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean. Yep. If you fancy Sporting Lisbon to have a lot of shots from whatever for whatever reason, then Edison could still be viable. But I think on a, on a defensive double up, I'd favour Cancelo and and Laporte. I think, um, but I do recognise that the attackers are so tempting on this game where you're basically going to guaranteed get two of them if you pick sensibly. Mm. So um, it's just a case of whether you think they're going to go for like the two nil route or the five one route, basically. So I think yeah. that'll be. If I do a few entries, I'll do some back in the 5-1 route and some back in like the 2-0 results route, I think, and see if one of them can do really, really well. Yeah, good point from Dom in the chat as well that Carl Walker's suspended. 
for this. Yeah. So below him, you've got Ake at seven, Laporte seven, Zinchenko seven, and Stones. So you're going to get two of those players playing because what Cancelo's surely going to move over to right back, and then Zinchenko is yeah. going to come in at left back. I mean, that's almost certainly who's he's going to play there. So you know, grabbing Laporte and then Zinchenko, or even Ake and Zinchenko. I, th- I think you can get away with that. I think that's very viable for mm. the much cheaper price than Cancelo. Now, we know Cancelo's attacking upside is almost unlimited, I'd say. Like, it could, like I wouldn't be surprised ever if he got two or three attacking returns in a game. I think that would be perfectly reasonable. But, um, well, we've seen it, haven't we? But um, mm. I think, I think yeah, for the save, and it, like Zinchenko and Laporte definitely works for this round of 16 portion where Walker's banned for both legs. I think I think that's perfectly safe. So yep. could we maybe do that and save some money? Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Let's give it a Zinchenko. go, why not? Yeah, I really like those two prices. And then I think it might be better to actually just put a cheap goalie in on this team and just as we talked about, the saves are very highly rewarded on fan team. Mm. And I think we might be able to take advantage of that with um perhaps not someone who we already have a player from. Because we we don't want to like cap our upside of like Zinchenko getting an attacking return, for example, or whatever. So I'd, I'd probably steer clear of like the sporting keeper, but we could maybe go for like the, the Salzburg keeper or the Benfica keeper or something like that. Just there's a plethora of these goalies who mm. are like six point five and below, and I think they're they're very reasonable to pick, knowing that they'll likely make like six saves in one of the two games, for example. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean maybe even. I think Handanovic is a little bit expensive from Inter. I think seven against Liverpool is a bit too much to pay, I think. But yeah. we we could maybe just back the sporting goalkeeper at, at six million or the Salzburg yeah. goalie at six million. I think if they make 10 saves, we're laughing. And I think we've probably outscored all the other goalies for points per million, I think. So um, maybe come back to that right at the end. See how I, don't, I don't even massively mind the little goalkeeper at six million as well because yeah. I mean Chelsea haven't exactly been firing all cylinders attacking wise have they you know with Lukaku and you know Werner Havertz they're the team where I think out of the three maybe they're gonna struggle to score I think their defence is solid but can I see Chelsea scoring four or five goals probably not whereas Bayern and City are probably more capable of doing that yeah let's put Gerbich in at six he's got the two safety nets below him if there's any reason why he yeah. doesn't play either leg I I always worry about the safety net. I think I, I maybe overthink about it, but I think mm. it's nice to just be able to sit your team and not worry, just just not have to worry yeah, about yeah. it. And just like, I know we get three transfers, which is very, very generous, by the way. I think that'll give some people who are more forward thinking some like slots to to do like a, a triple, have a triple move eyed up, you know what I mean? For leg two. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Like, do you think we're supposed to switch from like, players who play at home in the first leg to players who play at home in the second leg. Do you think that makes sense as a way of using the three moves? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But when when you've got a team like, when you've got, maybe later on down the line, but at the moment, when you've got Chelsea v Lille and City versus Sporting and Bayern with a good fixture, you, you probably don't need to move them on. Like you say, I think at this stage, you plan for both fixtures. But then I think maybe as you know, when when we get a bit further down, there's you no know, PSG v Madrid or stuff. Then you start targeting those those home games a bit more. That's probably how I'm gonna think to play anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking like the three transfers might be really nice if we see a case where um, Man City win the first leg five nil, for example, yeah. and they might just rest a lot of players in the second leg. That might be a way of like moving those players to players who have a bit more mm. to play for and who've still got favourable fixtures. So. I think we can just adjust with the three transfers and 
almost see them as like bonus things at the moment. Like don't don't really like book in too many transfers just in case you get an an, an injury to a player you want to captain. Because as we've talked about, like the safety net doesn't protect you from your captain and vice captain. Mm. So um, if Salah doesn't play and you end up getting Mane, for example, um, you will not, and you captain Salah, you will not get Mane as captain. You'll still get your vice captain yeah. as captain. So um, you still need a really nailed captain and vice captain, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So um, that might one- that might be what. I was going to say, one thing I like about this format with the, you know, picking 11 rather than the whole squad is how easy it is to change your formations as well. Because you mentioned the home and the away. Well, what you can do is if if you're expecting, you know, say Chelsea win 1-0 or something, they're probably going to go out and try and hold on to that victory, you know, and and keep it tight in the second game. Whereas if a team, you know, wins 3 or 4-0 or if a team, you know, loses quite heavily they're going to have to try and score more goals and you can switch your defenders out of those teams and you know what I mean you can kind of target you can see what happens in the first leg and you can make a kind of educated guess about how some of the games are going to go in the second and maybe move your teams around um, like that because you haven't got to swap a defender for a defender or a mid for a striker you can be more flexible to add to your point as well so in this team what we've got on the screen at the moment we've obviously got double City defence and one Chelsea defender yeah um if we if we were say behind after the first leg, or if we if we weren't didn't have such a good game week seven as we call it, um, we could potentially move as you said two midfielders to two Chelsea defenders and suddenly have a Chelsea triple up at the back. Yeah. Um, there's no stacking penalty on this game, which is what we're used to on the monsters, isn't it? Where you lose points for picking double and triple defenders. Yeah, so that's yeah. a big advantage to being able to triple up. Um, yep. Whereas sometimes we only go for double ups on the on the monster games for the stacking penalty reason. Yep. Yep, very nice. Yeah. Any more? Well, we've done defence. Moving into mid now. Yeah, let's do mid. I think this is where we want to spend all our money, mate, to be honest. This is um, a very powerful position on fan team because, well, the same as FPL, you obviously get the clean sheet points. You obviously get the extra point for the goal. And um, and yeah, I, th- I just think, mid, as we've seen on FPL this year, midfielders have just been absolutely crushing the forwards. And I can't see why, especially for the Premier League teams, that wouldn't apply to the Champions League as well. Um, the mid some midfielders are like we've already talked about the Man City midfielders. I think you can pick any of them as long as they've got a good safety net and just be happy with your personal choice there and just hope it's your one that goes off, mm. like we saw with Sterling at the weekend, for example. Um, what what's your thoughts on the Man City midfielders? Is there always one you always default to? Is the one you really like? Or well, I like I like Sterling at eleven. Um, I mean, Mares is an interesting one because Mares, you know, tends to always have amazing stats in, in in any game he plays and the only worry with him really is the minutes which obviously are then mitigated by the by the safety net so I mean De Bruyne is at 12 which I think is a lot when you can have Mahrez or Sterling and have that safety net before and you know Foden at 10.5 I'd rather have Mahrez or Sterling I think than than either of those two I think I'd go for Sterling to be honest though at 11 I think given the hat-trick he's just scored and the way he's been playing recently Sterling's got a safety net of Foden, right? That'll be the next yep. one down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sterling's perfect then. I think that's yep. the almost the perfect pick. Um, I agree with you. I think I think De Bruyne is normally priced higher just because of the nailedness thing we talk mm. about. Because I think individually when Mares and Sterling, if we knew Mares and Sterling were starting, I think they should all be like neck and neck really. So I think it makes sense to take the one million price saving and go for Sterling, I think, on um, De Bruyne yep. specifically. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yep. So there's our three Man City sorted. There we go. Um, there you go. Nice. Yep. 
Yeah, so th- there's a lot that I think are good prices here. So I think Bruno's a good price at 10 million, for example. Oh, God. I, th- I think that's, I think like, I think if there was anyone from, I don't, like I'm, I'm really not high on Ronaldo, for example, because I think he's a, quite a bit more expensive. Um, is 10 he 10.5? I think he's 10.5, yeah, he's yeah. not 5 more. I also don't actually mind for this game with this, bearing in mind we've got the safety net, the, the two um, wingers. So obviously Sancho and Rashford, They've both got a safety net of Pogba, which I think is good as well. Like, I, I, I don't think that's bad for like 9 million and 8.5. Um, I think if you were like struggling and needed to fill that exact price point, I think one of those is what I would go for, like, as you like 11th player, you know what I mean? I'm really surprised you're mentioning United players, though, given how just awful they've been for ages. And Atletico, I mean, Atletico are, are struggling a bit in the league, aren't they? Um, yeah. But they're still a, 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 a solid side that. I would say is one of the worst teams United could be grouped with in this because they just can't break teams down. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying, and I think that these prices reflect the the strength of the opposition. I think like because this mm. is not an easy tie for United at all. Um, okay, can I tempt you with someone like Tadic <laughs> then? How about Tadic who's got Benfica? Can I tempt you with him? I do love Tadic. I I, I see Tadic at ten five. You know, he's ahead of like Fernandez. And I remember Tadic back in the Premier League when he was at Southampton and I owned him like all the time because he always used to be someone who you thought could get 20 plus points, right? And then he's gone to Ajax, he's actually delivering on that now and that's why this price is, is so high for him. So I think it's this is, a, this is an open game, Benfica-Ajax. I think Tadic is a great shout. Yeah, they've got another midfielder called Anthony. I think he's called A. Moraes on this or something. He's like 9 million anyway. Yeah. Um, I really like him as well. He's been at the, at the very centre of it with Tadic and Haller. So the three of them between them have just been getting loads of attacking mm. returns throughout the group stages. If people can't afford Tadic for whatever reason, I'm more than happy picking Anthony in his place kind of thing as, as a side note. Um, I t- we'll, put, we'll put Tadic and, uh, in. If we need the money, then we'll go for your, your Anthony pick. Anthony, yeah, sounds good. Um, given that we talked about the ease of the Chelsea fixture, again, I think, I think picking one of their midfielders is completely up for grabs, given we've got the safety net. I think, again, this really benefits Chelsea because we're always worried about them not playing, mm. aren't we? But I think picking someone like Kai Havertz at 9.5, he's got a safety net of Jorginho and Pulisic. Like, you'd prefer Pulisic, of course, but um, I think having both of those, at least Jorginho's got penalties. I think Havertz is quite a strong pick and I think he, he could potentially start. Um I skipped Mount just because he's a little bit more expensive. And again, I think he's only more expensive because he's more nailed. And I mm. think that's sort of mitigated by the safety net. So, um, Yeah, Mount's mind. 11 and he's and he's injured potentially as well, isn't he? Which yeah. is why he's not, not listed as available. Um, it's just too high for my liking. I just mm. think 9.5 is a much kinder price when you know you're going to get someone from Chelsea in a favourable fixture. So, um, I think so it's a high price for Ziyech as well. Ziyech at 10 million. That's that, I, again, again. I just dodged him. He is playing very well, mm. but I just think you can make the save in a bit more. And I think someone could even gamble on Pulisic. Yeah, um, I was thinking that because we've had Sonadoy below him as well. Yeah, because yeah, he'll you'll get Jorginho if Pulisic doesn't play. Is the is the my thinking? Um, so maybe people aren't aren't as attracted to that. Maybe they think that's a bit boring having such a a defensive safety net. But he will get. 90 minutes likely and he is on penalty so it's not the worst safety net to have um, yeah Havertz or Pulisic I'm happy for you to, to, to take the I'm going to go for Pulisic yeah I'm going I don't mind Pulisic. that at all I, lo- I like it with the, with the safety net I mean he, ha- he has been 
given where he was two seasons ago, you know, he was in all our FPL teams, playing amazingly well. And then last year, I thought he was really going to kick on, you know, under Lampard and didn't at all. And then this year, he's such a bit part player. It's such a shame. I mean, they paid about, what, 50, 60 million for him. I'd like to see him get back to it. I mean, the, the midfield is so stacked, isn't it? I mean, Ziyech, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, you know, these are such good players who just, you just never know who's going to, who's going to start. So it's a good game, I think, to take a bit of a punt on one of them. Yeah, as you said, they're unpickable on FPL, but on this, they're very, very pickable. Um, are we going to put Salah in? We've been talking around it for a bit. We haven't we have. mentioned the guy. Uh, so I th- he, I think he's, he's surely yeah. the most expensive player. Oh, he's not, no. Yeah. Lewandowski is the most expensive, 13 million. He's the most expensive mid though, right? He's I the think. most expensive mid at 12.5, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's I got think... the safety net of Mane. I think it's good. You, you, you've got to have him, haven't you? You've got to have him. I mean, Inter Milan, I mean, they're a good side. To the top, top of Syria, are they? I'm not sure if Inter are top at the moment. I, I know it's all very close. So, um, yeah, I'm not, they're, they're they're doing okay. Yeah, but I, you know, you know, it's they're not Burnley. You know, they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna play as well as Burnley did yesterday. I would imagine. <laughs> so I, th- I think you've got to have Salah personally. Yeah, yeah Milan at AC Milan are top actually by one point, AC but Inter have got a game in hand. So it's it's all very ah, close, okay. as I said. Um, yep. It's a three way race between them and Napoli, the two Milans and Napoli. So yeah. What about Trent? I mean, we haven't got we haven't got Trent. I mean, Trent at eight five does seem well. I think it seems pretty decent. Yeah, I think. Look, I think I think Liverpool will have too much for Inter Milan still um, over the two legs, especially. Do Do I see a clean sheet? I think one again out of two. I think one out of two is very feasible and. The thing with Robertson and Trent is you've got the dual threat. You can't deny that you've got the clean sheet threat and a massive, massive threat of an attacking return. Mm. So I, th- I think 8-5 is very reasonable considering we're seeing the likes of Mount at 11 as like a comparable price. I think, I think yeah, like they've, they've, everyone's been bumped up a little bit and and we, we knew Trent would be 8-5, the same as Cancelo actually. So um, yeah. yeah, I like, I like I don't mind Trent at all. Because um, I think a 4-5-1, gonna... given the striking problems that we've got could be the most viable way to go right i think so yeah mm. that although so that i think on compared to the group stages we're we're in a bit of a better position with the strikers and i'll talk about that it's because they've changed a few players positions okay um so jota's a striker on this muller's a striker on this from Bayern. so Lewandowski's finally got his safety net that we've oh, been yeah, nice. dying yep. for like um mm. Um, and Jota's got a safety net of Firmino. Again, I think that's really good for Liverpool. I think it's those are two really quite nice changes fan mm. team have made there to to make Jota and Firmino like both sort of in play, I guess, if you get Firmino on for Jota as a safety net. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. So I think we maybe want to leave one slot up front for like a bit of a premium, as I, as I alluded to, maybe a Jota, maybe a Lewandowski or something. Yep. So how, how much have we got left for the two slots now? We've got 21 million. So, yeah, so we might need someone around eight million, aren't we? If, or, or like seven, even if we were going for Lewandowski. Mm. Or I think how much is Jota? Is he eleven? Uh, Jota is eleven. Yeah, I thought so. So we could maybe do Jota and then a ten million mid. I think that that works really nicely as well to to so fill the team. Triple Liverpool. Yeah, I'd, I, I mean, I I do fancy Liverpool to get through. As I said, I mean. I love Jota with the safety net. If if obviously Jota was Liverpool's only striker on the game, I would never pick him. I think that's a bit too risky because he's definitely not nailed. But um, especially on a team like this, where I think it's looking like Salah would be our captain or vice captain. Mm. 
So, like, if you, if you go in for Salah captain, I think Jota and Trent have got a good chance of having something to do with some of the goals, you know what I mean, that are scored. So, I think it's nice to just go for it. Um, yeah, I'm just looking through my list here. So, uh, Vinicius isn't bad from Real Madrid. I think he's good. He's, like, the top of the um, safety net as well. So, you'll get any Real Madrid midfielder up below him. I also don't mind Modric and Cruz now. I know they've got the tough fixture. Like that, that, this is why we get a bit of a discount on the Real Madrid players, I think. But mm-hmm. I'm tempted to think that the PSG games will be wide open. Really? Um, the PSG Real Madrid games, yeah. Mm. I, I still think PSG's main uh, strength is their attack, as we talk about, like with the front three, with even Wijnaldum and the, the creative players in behind. So um, I could see. PSG scoring early, for example, or scoring a couple early, and Real Madrid having to respond and commit bodies forward. So, I just think, just um, to touch on PSG quickly, because I think a lot of people are going to be looking at their attack. Um, I mean, Mbappe eleven five, Messi eleven, uh, Neymar ten five. So they're the three main ones. So there's you know, Mbappe is the most expensive one down to Neymar at ten five, um, and then in mid, I mean, you've got Di Maria at nine five, and then Wijnaldum. But really, I think people are going to be looking at those at those front three. Um, I like Mbappe against Madrid. I think I tend to agree with you. It's it's a difficult game to call because I think either team could you know could go through, but Mbappe is going to be fired up for that, isn't he? He wants yeah, to and Mbappe's got an all right safety net as well. I think he's called Messi. I think so. Like I, I <laughs> think I think um, Mbappe is just an ideal pick on this. He's I literally wrote down Lewandowski, Jota, and Mbappe as as one of the strikers I want. And I don't like the I don't like the Jota pick personally. I think with Trent and, and Salah. I think we've got enough. I think we need to go. I think we go for either Mbappe or, or Lewandowski. I mean, like Dom says in the chat, going without Lewandowski against Salzburg, yeah, that feels scary. <laughs> we might have to adjust some money here a little bit because I, I, I sort of like Lewandowski and Mbappe. Like I know I talked about there not mm. being many strikers, but I think these two are very good strikers that we've got. Like it's a, a bit better than the premiums we've got on FPL at the moment. Again, as I keep talking about, so. If we plugged in Mbappe and Lewandowski, I think we'd be about two million over, wouldn't we, or something like that? Um, uh, we'd be more than that, I think. We would be. How much is Lewandowski? With three point five million over. Oh god, yeah, it's just I just don't think it works. Does it? I think you have to either pick one or the other, or lose Salah or Sterling. Which I I, I don't know if I want to lose Salah or Sterling. Um, I I think we go with Lewandowski and and leave Mbappe, and I think we look at getting one of your Real Madrid players that you mentioned probably um uh Cruz yeah I like Cruz and I like um Modric who are the same price they're the same price yeah. yeah and they're each of the safety net again as I keep talking about like they're both first choice but if one doesn't start you'll get the other at least so so that and means we're just we're just 500k over yeah again can we just do Robertson instead of Trent I mean that's probably fine right I think probably yeah which is a shame but You've got to make sacrifices somewhere. So our team on the screen uh, for podcast listeners is Grubic, uh, who's the little goalkeeper against Chelsea. Uh, Rudiger, Laporte, Zinchenko, Robertson, Sterling, Tadic, Pulisic, Salah, Cruz, and Lewandowski. So only three, no, four players from outside English team. So we are back in the English team to go through um, in this. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just me- I'll just mention a few players who haven't quite made our cut. Who are like for the non-English? I mean. Haller's obviously been unre- un- unbelievable mm. as we talked about before. I think. Well, he's he's he, the reason neither of us won any money in the in the group stages because neither of us had absolutely. him. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, he's he's been unbelievable. I think he's fantastic. Obviously, not to write off Benzema either. I think Benzema is the focal point still for for Real Madrid. Um, I, I do favour Mbappe and Lewandowski and even Jota personally, but I know you, you're higher on the other two, I think. Mm. Um, if people need a bit of budget relief for a cheap striker, I think uh, Adeyemi uh, from Salzburg, uh, Yaramchuk and David or Yilmaz. So David and Yilmaz are for Lille. Um, I think all of those are perfectly reasonable. They're all 7.5 mm. or 7 million. Yeah, people cheap. are going to need that slot, I think, with all the premiums that are, that are so attractive. Um so I think if people need that, I like those three. And I think you just pick the one where you're not playing a defender on the other side of the game, I think. Yeah. So Adi Emi's playing Bayern, for example. I think I'd go for him in this team because we have no Bayern defence. Um, yeah. I think that would make sense. We've got the Lille goalie. I know people are going to probably mention this. We've got the Lille goalie against the Chelsea attacker, but I think with the Lille goalie, we sort of know they're going to concede. We're just going for like lots of saves. So mm. I think it's fine to play that pairing against each other in this exact case. But um, yeah, other than that, I think we're all good. Um, Gnabry, Gnabry, I think he's a better pick than Sane in midfield. Um, Sane's his safety net. He's like 0.5 cheaper. So I would pick Gnabry knowing you'll get Gnabry or Sane if Gnabry doesn't play for whatever reason. Um, I still really like that pick as well. And they've then, got a ridiculous team buying, haven't they? Yeah, they're, they're really good. And yeah, again, they're another team where we want the safety net, I think, in play because just in case one of the world-class players replaces another world-class player, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think for City, Chelsea and Bayern, that, that is particularly relevant. Um, the other one I like is if people don't don't play double city defence, let's say people want to play a couple of midfielders from Man City, I think Goncalves um, from Sporting has been their absolute um, talisman. So he's 7 million. I think, again, if people are looking for a real cheap option, it's good to at least have the talisman from a team who are playing against a tough opposition. But he could easily score a goal or two, I think. He's not the... expected to start on fan team. Is that, an, is that no, an I, I saw No, I saw he had a red dot, but he's again, he's the top of the safety net. Like Everyone's below him for that team. Um, yeah. I would want him, even if he doesn't play this game, I would want him for the second leg, for example, versus all the others. So I think I would still go with him. Um the other defence I kind of like is Juventus. So if people want a bit of budget relief, I think Juventus aren't a bad shout at all. Um, obviously, Chesney and Benucci seem both seem well priced. I think for seven for, million for for, for nailed players, seven five for Juventus who aren't having a good season in the league but are renowned for being quite okay defensively. I think mm. I think those are nice prices um, given the matchup as well. So yeah, I don't mind Juventus at all. Very nice, Josh. Good homework you've done there, which is a lot better than uh, a lot better than I've done. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think you know we we haven't really spoken too much about Atletico Madrid, United, but I think Atletico as well are a team that I I potentially look at their defense because their defense is is pretty cheap. I mean, you know, seven million for some of their players. You know, in in keeping with like the likes of Laporte, I just think United are so poor offensively at the moment and. Okay, Ronaldo's been, you know, single-handedly saved United in the in the Champions League, but he's gone off the boil so much since they were in the group stages. I just wonder if he's going to be able to bail them out and if they're actually going to score any goals. Yeah, I think this is a key fantasy lesson. Stephen. I think sometimes you have to just back a read that you have a little bit, and like I'm not, I don't have a strong read on the Atletico Man, Man City Man United game. Sorry, so I'm just sort of avoiding it, and I think it's fine to do that as well. Mm. But I think if you really fancy Atletico for a clean sheet. 
that could be a really nice way of being different to other people. Um, because I think United are all, always tend to be quite popular on some fantasy games. Um, as I said, I think their assets are quite reasonable. So if you take the other side of that, you're making even more ground on the people who've picked the Man United assets if you if you get lucky with the clean sheet. So, mm. yeah, I, I really like that as a line as well, I think. Um, yeah. And I know, like, so I always talk about 90 minutes for fan team, don't I? Because you get the one bonus point on fan team for the 90 minutes. Um it's not as big a factor in the Champions League because every team gets five subs. Now, five subs mm. tend to be used on at least three or four of the attacking positions. And obviously, it's only the midfielders and strikers who get the 90-minute bonus. So I I think it's less relevant. But if you can find these gems who never, ever, ever, ever get subbed, I think that could be a nice yeah. Um, yeah. a nice way to, to get points on like 80 90% of the field who are just having their players subbed off every game because I think even the likes of like Bruno and Ronaldo, who we expect to get 90 a lot, they they have definitely have the opportunity and chance to be subbed in these games um, mm-hmm. with the five subs in play. Yep. No, nice. So it's, it's, it's probably worth looking through some, some previous matches and, you know, seeing who's played 90 in pretty much all the games. Because it, it's obviously it's, it's difficult to predict because if a team's winning comfortably, they might want to sub the best players, give them a bit of a rest if they've got the league commitments or you know if a team's not playing well and you go for one of the fringe players they're the ones that are going to come off early for different attackers so yeah it's, it's tricky to predict but like you say it's it's why these kind of talisman players are, are so like vital in, in this kind of game yeah if you can if you can troll through sort of the um i mean the let's talk about benfica as a random example if you can look through all the the Portuguese league data for the last like 10 games, there might be a Benfica player um, that's played 90 minutes every game for the last sort of 20, 30 games. I'm mm. not sure. I haven't seen it myself, but um, like th- there might be a few gems in there that, that that will get you so many more points, like just that one extra point a game um, from now to the final with all the different, obviously, wild cards that you get to play and stuff. I think that could be a real difference maker in, let's face it, a tournament where I think it's going to be very close between a lot of the people at the top. Um, so you really, really, really want to be getting off to a good start in this one, I think, because it's going to be hard to differentiate later on uh, to, yeah. to a, a massive degree. Agreed. Yeah. Josh, awesome stuff as always. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat for uh, watching and everyone um, listening on the podcast version as well. Josh, good luck tomorrow with this. Going to make sure my, my team's entered tonight. I'll probably do a late reg team as well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, ever ever hopeful we go into these. But yeah, we, yeah, we need to do better than we did in the group stages. We do. I'm, I'm sure we will, mate. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. And good luck, everybody who's obviously giving this a go. Last one. Thanks and see you soon.